We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. Hey, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We're so excited to have Ali on with us today. You guys, this man is something special. I can genuinely say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so excited about having this conversation. And I know Tori and I, um, this is this is a special one for us because when it comes to bridging, this, this is what this guy does. Um, and this is what we resonate with so much is he bridges this gap between entrepreneurship and spirituality. And we resonate so hard with that, with just the lifestyle that we have and the conversations that we have. But he's also gone out and written a book called Create Your Frequency. Am I right on that? Yes. Create. You guys, yes, just the title of that, you already know that there's gold inside. It's <laughs> insane. But what he's also gone out and done in um, marketing, and he started as a graphic designer, he then turned into an agency owner, has gone and scaled that in amazing ways, but then also has gone and jumped into the Web3 space, has sold out multiple NFT projects within minutes. Um, what this guy is doing on this planet right now, as far as turning thoughts to things, uh, it's beautiful and it's really, really fun. And we're going to have some, some really, really juicy conversations today about all sorts of different things, entrepreneurship, marketing, community building, culture building, um, you know, going out there and lifting your consciousness and raising your frequency and, and living your best life. So uh, it's going to be a fun conversation today. Are you excited? I'm super excited. Ali, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for having me. Yeah. I mean, I just got the pleasure of meeting you pretty recently and immediately there's just like a resonance with yeah. you when you meet people. And of course, like, like create your frequency. There's a frequency that we, we all kind of resonate with. And you, if you listen to the show, you also do, or you wouldn't be listening to this show right now. And there is a familiarity. It's a resonance. It's like, oh, I, 
understand and speak the language that's being spoken here, even if it's not something that fully lands for you right now, maybe there's just a knowing within your beingness that's like, hmm, that lands as truth for me. Mm -hmm. And so I just invite you guys to be open to that today. And that's what we are excited to bring you in this conversation. I have loved getting to know you so far and what, what, getting to know like all about what you do. And I'm excited to learn more about that um, on this show. But I know that there have been some kind of freaky coincidences, synchronicities that has led you to this conversation and even being in this position. I've experienced some of my own with you, but like, let's just kick it off with hearing about that whole story and how we ended up in this conversation. Oh my gosh. It was so wild. So Ali, actually, uh, the guy that I'm seeing, his uh, he hired an agency, what was it, three years ago to support him in scaling his business. And, and Ali, you'll have to fill in some gaps, but uh, essentially um, he was one of, and Emily caught up with him and then said, oh my gosh, I'm in NFTs and all these things. And, and I'm also into that, that space. And so it was an instant connection of, oh, you got to meet Jess. And then we hop on the phone and Ali and I talked for a, a while. I don't remember how long that conversation was. It was over an hour. And the first, right off the bat, it was just like, we went straight in and we're able to just really, really talk human to human in a really dope way. And then we ended up con continuing the conversation. But the craziest part about this, you guys, like the craziest part was that Ali and I were at the same place at the same time with the same people for the last four months at different events, like legitimately in the same room. Like he walked in with someone, I walked out with that same person. Like it was the weirdest, like insane. We were at the same events over and over and over again, like within probably feet of one another and did not meet until someone connected us over the phone that had nothing to do with that industry whatsoever. And it, it just, it all came full circle. And then we all put it all together. And then, you know, now we are, we run in all the same crowds and have, I mean, it's just really, really, it's cool. It's really exciting. <laughs> That's so funny. And yeah. just like random coincidence, but is it right? Is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. it though? And oh, oh, there's more to the story. Oh, oh he's got an app called coachable and and he's telling me about this app and i'm like you gotta meet tori she's got the coachable podcast she's got the coachable like she's got a coaching business called coachable and and so that was even more trippy because yeah. as soon as we put that together i was like oh and she lives with me right now so that was yeah that was even more ridiculous and then green zone is like essentially probably the same as your book yeah so it's all yeah it's there's all just like so many through lines that connected us and we're like okay let's just yeah. get on and talk and see what comes through because clearly we're very much in alignment and that's what we care about here on the coachable podcast so mr coachable like you're the, the mister of this side of the coin it's like what um what does that mean to you? I guess like, let's, let's just start there. Like what does being coachable mean to you? And why is that something that you're passionate about? Awesome. Well, thank you for the intro and awesome question. Well, I'm gonna backtrack a second. So when I saw the name thoughts into things, I resonated instantly because I feel like I've made that a mantra in my life. Whenever I think about something, I don't have analysis paralysis for too long. I just jump in and execute. And whether I like I guess pass or fail is irrelevant. I just go and do it. So literally in my mind, anything I've ever wanted to do up until this point in my life, I've done it. And it, it can be as something as simple as, you know, going to, you know, 60 music festivals in five years. Like, all right, check, you know, jumping <laughs> off a plane, skydiving, check, writing a book, check, starting yeah. a business, check, you know, um, 
retiring my mom and dad check, like whatever I wanted to do, I felt like I did it. Even there was like, before my first successful business venture, I had like five other, you know, entrepreneurship ventures as a kid going up 16, 17, 18, clothing line, resume rewriting business. So like whenever I thought about it, I just went and did it. File the LLC, get a logo, get a team and start selling, right? So that's kind of why I really, really resonated. But the question, what does coachable mean to me? Well, this was a project that me and Sean, my main business partner and two of my really good friends, actually their both name is Mike and Mike, we thought they're in the coaching business together uh, as well. So we thought of creating a coaching app because we've, you know, we've done UX, UI design, we've done app development. So combining coaching, marketing, uh, you know, the, the kind of the Tinder algorithm, swipe right, swipe left, you know, the AI, the, the intelligent AI pairing you with people that are uh, in your, you know, the industry that you're looking for. So we combine all these elements and we came up with this name called Coachable because we feel like one of the most important things in entrepreneurship is finding the right mentor or the right coach. But on the flip side, you have to be a coachable person, be willing to learn, put in that work. And really, you know, it's, it's a two-way street. Someone can be the best teacher ever, but if you're a bad student, you're not going to get the same nuggets that someone who's a really receptive student will get, right? So it's two sides of the coin. But what being coachable means to me is like, I resonated since I was in since I was in high school, late high school, I was, uh, I grew up in Houston. So my crowd was a little weird. There's was like half uh, hood people, half nerds, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like a weird crowd. I'm trying to fit in with whatever, but I was really good at school. And I, it was really easy for me to learn because I figured out what kind of learner I was. And I was a kinesthetic learner, right? There's auditory, uh, there's visual. I'm a kinesthetic learner. I have to, I can learn from little bits and pieces of everything. So in the way my brain functions is like, I watch a YouTube video and then I hear someone reiterate and say it. And then I go do the example myself. And next thing you learn, I'm building, uh, next thing you know, I'm building my own version of what I just learned and mm -hmm. kind of, you know, adding my own sauce to it. So a little bit of everything, but I figured that out quickly. So I always put myself in those situations. I always put myself in like listening to audiobooks, watching video, uh, YouTube videos and trying it myself, whether it was graphic design, you know, download Illustrator and start like watching a video on one screen and kind of following suit, right? Or creating an agency or writing a book or whatever, mind mapping different things. I figured out that I was a good learner. I was a fast learner. Then I went to like, you know, I went deep in the rabbit hole, started learning speed reading and like how to, you know, use memory retention and kind of uh, call playback stuff that I read very quickly. So I glanced at a uh, paper very quickly and then put it away and try to recall it to see how much I can remember. And so I, I was just testing my brain to see how fast I can uh, you know, receive and retain information. And I figured that it wasn't just me, it was the tool or the vehicle that it was presented in. So some people were better teachers than others. And so when I paired with a good teacher, you know, someone that's really good at facilitating and articulating, and then I, you know, I was sitting with them in a room, I can literally dissect what they're saying really, really quickly, because they were able to deliver it in a really uh, comprehensive message. And they knew what to deliver as opposed to giving me a lot of fluff. So whenever these situations came, it was like, I'm like learning different things so fast. Um, you know, whether it's another language, whether it's a you know coding language, whether it's, um, you know, graphic design terminology, marketing lingo, all these different industries, real estate, e-commerce, I'm like picking up the terminology. I'm, I'm, I'm able to, you know, talk back to develop. I'm not a developer by trade, but I can have a conversation with any developer because, you know, I'm able to be fluent in that language. So 
the reason I tell you that the context of that is it's a two-way street. Coachable means that you're able to receive the information really well, but someone's able to deliver it really well. And when you have that, you know, that synergy, the learning is exponential. It goes just like, instead of like learning, you're like learning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like finding a compatible teacher, mentor, coach with your style of learning and obviously having the willingness to, to take that and be a sponge and apply it to your life. I mean, it sounds like you've had so many different ventures in a lot of different industries. I'm just curious, like what, where does your, where does your interest come from? Have you just like been interested in a lot of different things and why have you, like what motivates you to do all of this? Because you've achieved so much, written a book, you've, you know, created this amazing agency graphic design. Now you're into NFTs and the, the metaverse and building huge communities in web three. Talk about how you've ended up in doing all of these things. Is it just that you're following your passion at the moment and what's a deep, yes. like your deeper why? Like what motivates you at the end of the day? Great question. The way I always, uh, always like, I guess, convince myself is I'm too creative to be in one industry. I mm -hmm. like too much shit. I like, I mean, I, 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 my brain works a little differently because you know, people are like singular focus. I can't do that. I have multiple focus and in my head, it's all the bigger picture all ties in. So yes, I've been a part of different industries, but the way I've been a part of this different industries is marketing. So you're doing creative marketing, graphic design, content creation, yeah. UX, UI, landing pages, websites, apps, you know, social media marketing. So I'm able to learn about all these industries and how to implement this skill set into each industry. So when I, when I came uh, out of college and I was in my corporate America, you know, my role as a healthcare, as a marketing consultant for the healthcare industry. So I learned how to like speak like a doctor and really uh, articulate in a way that the message is received well for patients, right? People in need. But in this kind of like, there's a difference between outbound and inbound, right? Because it's like, you're not, you're going to see a commercial for an ER, but you're not going to be like, yep, I need an ER right now. Let me see the commercial. Right. I'm going to go. It's, it's one of those things. It's brand recognition, right? So whenever you do need the ER, when you're hurt, when you're sick, you know where to go. So I had to learn that. That was like my corporate experience. And then when I branched off, it was more like, what can I learn? What industry is like appealing to me? So e-commerce was appealing. E-commerce is like sales and internet, right? You can sell anything. If you learn the concept, you can sell anything. So it's like, all right, well, let's start selling shoes. Let's start mm -hmm. selling clothes. Let's start selling men's accessories. Let's start selling skincare, whatever works, right? Amazon, uh, e-commerce, you know, drop shipping, uh, Walmart drop shipping, whatever the case may be. So applying these things in different stuff. And then, so creative marketing is like one thing. I'm just creative, like everything I draw, everything myself. So before it gets tatted on me, I like map it out in my head, how it ties into uh, something else. It's like a rite of passage in my life. And then same thing with the book. I was like, I want to write a book. I, I like being in the state of creation. So create has to be in the title. And then frequency was just like, you know, you're a vibration, a frequency, because the whole point is creating ripples in your mind, body, and business. So like mm. putting the right things in your mind, in your body. And then once you have, you're aligned, it trickles into your business, into your relationships, into your friendships, into your family life, all that stuff, right? And then the same thing with goats. So think about our, our the company is called Principles Creative Studio. So Principles was go, doing good business with good people. Uh, creative Studio, obviously, the word creates in there again. And then create your frequency. And then Goat Society, which is like combining both of these elements, good business practices, and then creating ripples. 
And then we came up with the GOAT Society, right? Greatest of all time using the acronym, teaching people how to be great, whether it's financial literacy, credit, physical fitness, you know, spirituality, um, mental toughness, you know, just your, your lifestyle, just embodying that lifestyle where it's not like a, you're not doing it for Instagram. You're not doing, it's just how you live every day. You know, like I personally, when I started this business uh, four years ago, I stopped drinking. Not that drinking was a problem, but I saw it becoming a problem. You know, I spent too much money. My whole life revolved around going out, you know, the, hence the festivals and stuff like that. It's crazy. Like, you know, a, a fourth of the festivals, I don't remember clearly because we weren't in the right state of mind. So as I learned, as I aligned and as I put the right things into my body, good things started happening. So if I was aligned, I was in a state of creation, I was able to create, which made impact amongst people, you know, close circle. Then you started making impact on around the world. You know, I get messages from India, Pakistan, Australia. Hey, thank you for this book. You know, thank you for the goats. Like I learned so much, but whatever the case may be. Right. And then, and, and then you have the spiritual element where like, all right, we made a lot of money, but still don't feel necessarily fulfilled. Or you still, you still see yourself like getting angry or triggered or, you still have healing to do based on traumas and like, you know, dealing with family, dealing with relationships, dealing with bad business partnerships still happens. We named the company principles, but we still had several bad partnerships afterwards because we weren't good enough at catching people with not the right principles. So the whole inspiration comes from me just pushing myself to just push the limits to be the unlock the greatest version of myself. I wouldn't say be unlock because I feel like I already am. It's just covered by extra shit that life or you know stuff has thrown on me so i need to uncover unpeel those layers until i become who i'm supposed to be in the meantime creating impact creating income and being creative and just like leaving a legacy so when i am gone i i don't have just stuff to give away i have imp i have someone's learned something someone has someone has art that i've made you know someone has something that i've said that's resonated that they maybe got tattooed on them or some something of that nature like very powerful like legacy i want to live so still learning how to do that but every day that's the mission um my friend i have so many things that i want to say right now it's out of control like what you just said i just want to i just want to like drop the mic like what in the world you just went off in so many different directions of gold um okay so the first thing that i want to kind of go back to though well, there's a couple of things one i just want to say one of the biggest nuggets that i'm going to take away from this conversation is really being more intentional about the teachers that I find based on the way that they teach and the way that I learn. One, I've never thought about that. I've never, I've always just been like, I wonder why this human can literally paint this picture for me in, in a visual way in 2.3 seconds and I got it when this person over here or, or several people over here have taught it to me and it just late, my eyes are glazed and I just don't understand. But then over here in two seconds, like somebody paints a picture in this visual way and I'm like, oh, that's done. And then I can go paint it a hundred more times for another human, but I didn't even get it the first 10 times from the different teachers. So that was a really aha, big aha moment for me because of how visual I am and not realizing like how I need to strategically pick my, my mentors better. So that was first side note. I've got notes over here. Um, the second one was, um, I, there's two things. So our through line and our, our, you know, the fun part about how when Tori and I met, we were like, I, I had actually written, um, had run a program and it was called manifest CEO. And it was all centered around manifesting in all areas of life, especially business. But the, uh, program that she had just run was essentially like the, 
the prelim. Like it was like, this was what you go do first. You, so it's internal cause, external effect, right? So you're, if you don't like what's out here, you have to audit in here. What, what are those internal stories? What are the, what mm-hmm. are those dialogues? What are those beliefs? What are the, she's really good at, at going in and auditing. I'm really good after you go audit, let's go create, like, let's go, what are we going to, to go and paint this like beautiful picture of this ending of this movie that we're going to go capture this essence and be able to pull ourselves towards that. And then, you know, start to really build on that visually, build on that, like feeling wise, build on that. So you can go manifest it into your physical experience. And so it, we talk about this all the time. It's be, do, then have, be, do, then have. And I just, I heard you say it without saying it like 17 times while you were talking, because that's what you go do. You go tap in, you go align, you go create your frequency, you go get into this space. And then you go and you do from that frequency, from that energy. And then you have as a byproduct, it's not even something that you necessarily, instead of the, the do and then the have and the do and have, and then the burnout that comes with that, or the, you know, working harder and not smarter, or a sense of force versus flow and a lack of surrender. Um, you know, and, and we are doers over here. Like we enjoy doing, but if you want to work smarter <laughs> instead of harder, then if you be and then do and then have, I mean, you're going to, I, so I'm, I'm curious, I want to touch on that with you. And then I also want to know who were your greatest mentors as you were coming up through this journey, because I, I hear certain language, but I, I'm very curious who were some of those really big monumental mentors for you. And, and ladies, anytime if I'm going like speaking, cause I want to paint the entire picture and I want to, I want to articulate and say in a certain way that you know, resonates with not just you guys, but your audience that's watching this later, stop me anytime and just create an organic conversation. Just like, Hey, can you touch on that? And we'll go into that. So the first thing I want to mention, you talked about the mentors thing, right? And Tori will, Tori will uh, understand this actually better than anybody, because a lot of times, why do you think that you see people in entrepreneurship, right? Getting a marketing coach or a sales coach or e-com, whatever the coach, speaking coach, but then they have out of 10 students, only one is successful, right? Well, how does that happen? Right? Because their teaching style is not is not in line with the receiving style of the people, or they jump into you know they jump into teaching them something when the foundation's not set. I'll give you a good example, right? You go to Chick Fil A. You, when you go to Chick Fil A and you order food, you know before they get taught how to serve food, they get taught customer service. So everyone is aligned on customer service. When you get taught customer service, then the food part comes easy because you're not serving food. You're like you know, fulfilling people's wishes by just being super nice and welcoming, right? Food is just a byproduct. So that's the same thing. That's why a lot of like good coaching programs, they have a first module or two or chapter or whatever about mindset, foundational, change your paradigm, change, you know, shift the way you think before you get into starting to do this, right? Right. Give an example in e-commerce, they're like, oh, you need money to make money. False. Go get, go get good credit and go get OPM and get $50,000 in, you know, 0% credit and go invest the credit. So someone who's never used credit, like immigrant families are like, credit is bad. Don't use credit. They're not going to understand that. They're going to be like, oh, you know, I don't have money. I can't, I can't invest. So you got to change the foundation, how people think before you get into teaching something that they need to teach you. Because before you get into step C, D, E, F, you need to fix A and B, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. very important point. One thing, if you want to write this down, this is one of my favorite quotes. Uh, I don't know who said it. I, I, I'm not going to take credit. I heard it somewhere but I've been embodying it. And uh, this is, I think it resonates with me and what you said about, 
you start working harder and spinning the wheels and feel like you're not going as fast or far as you need to go. And then you see people doing less, making more or doing, you know, getting uh, things work out in their favor for one reason. And that quote is alignment attracts abundance. Mm -hmm. Once you're aligned, shit happens for you, not to you. It happens for you in your favor, whether good or bad, it happens because there's a bigger picture at play. I figured I've worked 15 hours a day in front of the computer for a year. Then I see someone working two hours a day in front of the computer and they're in Cabo or they're in Bali. And I'm just like, wait, what is going on? I don't understand this. And then as I learned about frequencies and energy and letting go and being in, like you said, flow, not force, right? Shit starts working in your favor. And I've noticed this when I'm in a state of creation, whether a business idea, whether I'm consulting, coaching, or teaching somebody, whatever, speaking, even like creating content, I'm like super flowy when I'm sitting down and I'm not aligned and I haven't meditated or I haven't ate right or haven't slept, or slept right or didn't have a good work hour. I'm thinking about some negative thoughts or something happened with family or friends or whatever. I feel like I'm working harder and I'm having to double back and it's not working in my favor. But anytime like I'm feeling good, shit's just like flowing very easily. So in business, that's very important. If you're not aligned, you're, you're going to have to make you know, you're going to have to do more work. You're going to literally have to be in front of the computer, which what, which might frustrate you. And it's going to become a snowball effect and growing a domino effect of really working harder, getting worse, like having worse deals, losing more money, you know, as opposed to working smarter and like having shit work in your favor and just attracting the right clients or partners or customers or, you know, content ideas or, or partnerships or whatever the opportunities. So yeah. that's, think- you know, that's, I love what you said about alignment creates abundance because like when I think about the ways in which we can get out of alignment, right. And the, the portion of the, the course that I was, she was referencing that I teach, which is all about that internal kind of evaluation process, which is like some of people are in jobs that are out of alignment for them that they took because they thought they were supposed to, or they should, because that's what their family member wanted them to do. Some people are in relationships that are out of alignment. People are in relationships they know aren't for them, but they haven't done anything, you know, about it. They're not leaving for whatever reason. So that's creating a uh, lack of alignment. I all, often think about like going to the spiritual chiropractor and getting back, like when you get something out of alignment, pain starts to hit, right? You start to feel tension and pressure build up in your life. And so I ask people to do an inventory of like, where do you feel the stress and the pressure? Because there might be something that's just out of alignment. It could be something like a choice that you've made. It could be just the mindset that you have, right? The, the perspective, the story, the belief that's surrounding this thing, um, like a story, like I can't, I don't have what it takes. I don't know enough. I don't have enough experience can like be creating that. But ultimately this idea of like, be, do, have, and, and coming from a place of creation, I I like to think about like, okay, what do I want to have? Right. We all want to, we all think a lot about what we want to have, but we think less about who we need to be in order to have that thing. Even in dating a lot, a lot of times, like I'll, I'll ask my clients this. I ask myself this as a way to, to like just self audit is become the person that you're looking for is looking for, right? It's another way of saying it. It's like, okay, I want this specific type of person in my life. Okay, well, I need to be the type of person that has that kind of person in their life, that that kind of person wants to be with, whether that's a friend, a relationship or otherwise. So it's 
that reverse engineering, the thing that I want, okay, well, who do I need to show up as? Who do I need to be? What frequency do I need to embody? What kind of mindset do, does that per- version of me have? And what kind of actions do they take or things do they say no to? And that's a way that you can start to move into alignment. Very well said. Into that, like that feeling place of what it's like to already experience that. I mean, Dr. Joe Dispenza, he talks so much about just um, living in that, that state and that frequency um, as if it's already here right now. And I mean, we've heard this a million times, but how many times have you actually really sat? I mean, it's, it's been, Ali knows, I just was texting you the other day. Like I, um, and you know, I have like 75,000 Pinterest boards. I am like Pinterest girl, number one, like, because I understand that our brain literally operates like, like a Pinterest algorithm. So if you feed it a certain thought over and over and over consistently for up to like 17 seconds, it starts to give you like-minded thoughts it starts to give you like-minded feelings right after those thoughts. And so if you want to move your brain in a direction and your mind, it, well, really your life in a direction, you have to give it visuals. You have to give it the feeling place of what it feels like to already have that. So if you go on to Pinterest and you start to like search all those different visuals and pictures and all those things, and you start to like put yourself in those, those pictures, put yourself in those houses, put yourself in those different experiences your, your brain and your body don't actually know the difference. Like that's why they have Olympic athletes running the races prior to them running the races, because their body is actually conditioning at the same time that their mind or their mind is conditioning at the same time while they're actually closing their eyes and experiencing that just in their head. So it's, you, you have to show up and be that person. And then in that process of being that person, you also are living in this state of the now already having it now which is only going to magnetize it so much faster because if you always think of it as out here, it's, Oh, it's there. It's, you know, in the future, it's, it's not here now, then it will always be in the future. Like you can't manifest those things into the physical unless you already experience them and feel them and know them and believe them now. Mm-hmm. So I'm just even piggyback off of like, I mean, the being part is like, that is the play. Like, yeah. don't skip the being. The being is the most fun part. That's the priming. It's like going to the gym and not working, not, not like warming up in any way. You're just going to jump right into the thing. No, you're going to get injured. Don't do that. Go and warm up. It's also the same thing as like when you wake up and you immediately look at your phone mm. and then you immediately jump into emails mm. and then you're you're off to the races first thing. And you feel like you're always behind that day trying to catch up because you never took time to be first. I know. And I'm saying that because we've lived that in this household and we've had to check ours and be like, okay, let's come back to our being practices that help us ground and center. Because when we create from that place, it's so much more effective and, and such a, a quicker process than when we're in that force push, um, space. And so, um, with that said, like, I also want to just bring us back to the, the question you had for Ali earlier, which was who have been some of your mentors um, that have really like been part of your journey and your path. And when did you get into all of this? Yeah. Like the spiritual, the metaphysical, yeah. like, like, what is that story for you? Got it. Uh, also great question. So the mentors have always changed in different seasons of my life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I've always had people that I might've worked and it's not like, there's been few mentors that officially like mentorship I've paid. And there's been some that un, you know, like unknowingly, we just developed a bond. My biggest thing with mentorship is I always believe in providing value first. So 
I'm, I'm not just learning from a mentor only. A mentor is learning from me to something, right? Either I'm giving them value, I'm showing them a perspective of, you know, the way my mind thinks and how to implement and, uh, you know, incorporate modern day practices or like, the, you know, the bridge between digital marketing and old school, traditional brick and mortar businesses. Um, let me help you with what I know. And in, in turn, you give me a little guidance or a lot of guidance on these certain things in different areas of my life. And I've had uh, mentors for business, of course. Uh, I would say there's been about four mentors that I've had. I'm not going to take anyone's names right now, but I'm going to tell you what they did for me. So one mentor was, uh, he was someone that I looked up to deeper than just business. He was like a family man. He was very well-rounded. He was like healthy. And the reason I looked up to him at that point in my life, I was like, if I, you know, when I go through the corporate America cycle, I want to be like that guy, because not only does he have, he has a good job, he gets paid 300, 400 grand a year, but he has other investment vehicles. He has two other businesses that he runs simultaneously. Then he has a good family life, you know, great bond with his wife. Uh, he's healthy. He's like 65, but he's like, you know, still going out and playing racquetball and, and basketball and biking and swimming, you know? So that was someone I look up to and I would ask him random questions about life. It wasn't just business. It was just like, how do you handle this? How do you handle this? And there's a lot of things he told me, like, you know, he's like, anytime before you, he, he, he actually introduced me to respond, don't react. He's like, don't react. Reaction's immediate. Respond, take a breath, analyze, and then respond accordingly because not everything requires a, a reaction. So like that, at that point, moment in time when I was learning corporate America and social life and this and that, I learned that I've had a business mentor that I was strictly like, how do I, you know, how do I implement the profit first model into my business? Um, I've had a spiritual mentor I have, and I've had peers that have been mentors to me, like peers sure. that, that might be same age or younger than me. They're just good at specific things. Like I have a breathwork coach right now. Shout out to, this is the only name I will take, <laughs> Christian. So he, me and him meet two times a week and he shows me every type of breathwork there is. Uh, you know, shotgun breathing, DMT breathing, Wim Hof breathing, breaths to slow down my stuff, uh, you know, to sleep better and do all these things. Um, and then in, in exchange, I'm helping him map out his men's consciousness program. He does like, you know, trauma healing and, you know, mentorship uh, when it comes to working out and uh, just reprogram the mind and body to function as one unit. He does a lot of relationship stuff. So really cool type of program is exchange of services. There's been people that I've paid 25K to just to teach me one thing. I actually was in real estate for a little bit. Um, I did a few wholesale deals and I, taught, I paid someone 25K to teach me strictly real estate. And my biggest thing is when I pay them, this is what, this is what they have. This is what I'm going to do with what they have. And the reason this started, I was in a business fraternity. I have it tatted on me called Alpha Kappa Psi, AK Psi. It was a business fraternity. And of course, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys have heard of fraternities and sororities. They always kind of get a negative connotation, sure. but this laid the foundation for me to learn how to learn. Hmm. I'm going to say that again, learning how to learn. And so when I learned how to learn effectively, I was able to pick up the things like I was talking about, but it put me in, it put me in situations where someone is actively intentionally trying to teach me something. It's up to me to receive it. And if I don't receive it, that lesson spiritually, that lesson will repeat in different formats until you learn the lesson. This happens in relationships, family issues, financial issues, even yourself and the way you talk to yourself. If you're not, if you don't learn how to learn and really pick up and move the pieces forward, 
you'll be stuck. So the fastest way to learn is not by doing your own mistakes, is from learning the mistakes of other people. H hence why I'm always keen on finding people that are better than me, faster than me, uh, richer than me, stronger than me, even working out. You know, fitness has been part of my life for a year, year and a half, really like, you know, really solid. Been eating clean and I've lost like 50 pounds. And now I'm like, so like, I'm looking at different people that are, hey, you're fit. I want the body you have. I want the mindset and the confidence and this and that. Teach me. Here's yeah. five grand, whatever the kit cost may be, right? So same thing. I just learn how to learn. And at different points, I have different mentors. People think like mentors, like one, you know, one size fits all. No. In different seasons of life, you're going to have different mentors. Learn from everybody. Never judge a book by its cover. You can learn from a kid to the oldest person to the person that doesn't even speak your language. Just be always in learning modes because when you're in learning mode, your brain is creating these synapses. I'll give you an example. I read like five to six books a month. One book a week on Audible, two books physical copy uh, per month before bed, right? Okay, wait. So, Can we just put that as a, yes. a, a, a pin in that, you guys? Yes. Let that be the standard, okay, coachable community? Like we got, we got people out here reading six books a month. Some of us have had books on our shelf for years. That's like, that's not self-help. Okay. That's shelf help. You're helping out your bookshelf. If it's just sitting there collecting dust. So pick up a book because those people can be your mentors and teachers too. And that's what I was getting at, Tori. Those are my mentors. I have never met Napoleon Hill. He's my mentor. You know what I'm saying? Say, Dale Carnegie is my mentor. Napoleon's on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, David Hawkins is a mentor. You know, like all these people. Ryan Holiday is a mentor. Like I've you never met Bob these Proctor. people. Yeah. Bob Proctor. I've got Bob Proctor's, uh, you know, when he died, the day he died, I got a tattoo. Wow. The law of thermodynamics. You know, energy is neither created or destroyed. So like, these are my mentors and I've never met them and most of them are dead. And these are my mentors. Absolutely. And I learned so much from them that I'll be like, you know, what would, what would Ryan do? What would Bob do? What would David do? What would, you know, Napoleon do in these situations, you know? So books, and that's why I read so much because like, these are literally other people's experiences that have already been to where they need to go and where I want to go. Why would I not? Then there's like a saying, right? If you want to, um, how's it go? Like, if you want to hide history, put it in a book, right? Because people will never pick it up. It's like, well, that's why. Like, there's no difference between someone who can't read and someone who won't read. So mm -hmm. I wanted to challenge myself to read, right? And really learn as much as I can. Because as I learn, I was saying, as I'm learning, I read. Okay, I'll give you an example. Um, Aristotle's Academy, the way they're learning place. That's why I disagree. In, in the chapter in Create Your Frequency, is a whole chapter of how I disagree with the education system. And you got to reprogram. You got to reprogram the education system. And Take self-help. Right. I'll give you an example. You go to seventh grade, you learn Texas history. You guys in different states won't even learn Texas history. Okay. Then you got, you got math, you got geometry, and then you go to college, you learn geometry again, geometry true. And then like all these things are kind of irrelevant. No teacher knows what the other teacher is teaching. And it's just like seven pieces of homework, nothing related. But the way Aristotle's Academy worked, he took 10 people, you know, you had Socrates and you, you know, Epicurus and all these people, like you take all these people and you take them and you go outside and be like, all right, Today, we're going to talk about the plants and let's talk about the biology of the plants. And then you talk about the plants and then you talk about, oh, shit, look at the fractal inside the plant. Now you talk about fractals and sacred geometry. Yeah. Then you go to sacred geometry and numerology. You go numerology to psychology and everything's yeah. related to each other. Right. Yeah. And then, so as you learn these things and you're, you're reading all these books and watching all these videos and audiobooks, you like learn something and you just store it right there. You don't know what to do with it yet. When you learn it and you store it right there, you learn it. And then next thing you know, you hear one word and all the shit clicks and you're like, boom, oh fuck, now it makes sense. It's a, it's a synapsis that like your brain like 
put everything together. So mm -hmm. that's why I like stuffing my brain with all this, like might be temporarily useless, but I know it's going to come in handy because I'm not reading about random shit. I'm reading about shit that I enjoy and shit that I can use and everything kind of relates to each other. So I hope I answered your question about mentors. Books yeah. are the more, more, one of the most important mentors. So what you're just describing as far as like stuffing your mind with all of these things, like our brain works off of reference points. Like we need those reference points. It's trying to fill in all of the gaps, like you were saying. So we need to give it more reference points, visual reference points, written reference points. Like we need to have those different things that life experiences, like all of those reference points are what molds and shapes what we're going to go create. Because if we haven't seen it, we don't know, we don't know until we know it. And so you got to give more things to your brain so that it can do exactly what you just said. It's like what you just said inspired me so much. Like I want my next question to you, actually, I wrote down a bunch of things, but I, my next question to you while we're still on that topic is what are your top, I don't want to say three because I want like 10, like what are your top books that you're like, this is non-negotiable. You have to go out and get these books and you have to read them like immediately. What are your top? Okay. So I'll do one solid. I won't tell you books. I'll tell you authors that you okay. need to read. Okay. So the books, because like everyone talks about like, you know, rich dad, poor dad, all this stuff that those are cool. Think and grow rich is a non-negotiable just because it sets the foundation. Right. And once you think, once you think that way, you can literally grow rich in more multiple senses of the word, not just finances, uh, right. you know, mentally rich, emotionally rich, you know, peace, happiness, rich in all abundance in all sense of the word. So I actually have a, the burning desire tatted on me right here. Uh, chapter two. So I have a book on fire. So it's like the burning desire. Right. Um, but uh, David Hawkins is someone I've been reading. He's a physicist that talks yeah. about the map of consciousness, uh, letting go, power okay. versus force, all these. It, it's kind of, he's a, he has a very monotone, boring voice. But if you hear what he says, mm -hmm. it's like very powerful. He relates, it, it relates it back to the science. Um, I personally, if you guys are want to go this far, I've read all the three monotheistic religious books. So the Quran, the Torah, and the Bible, which gave me an understanding of each type of people in that era and how they thought. And I compared the similarities over the differences. And there was way more similarities than differences between the religions, what were right? Similarities? I want to know this. Okay. So uh, I'll give me an example. A lot of people, like a lot of people don't know that uh, in the Muslim religion, uh, Jesus is a prophet and people are like, oh, you don't believe in Jesus. That's wrong. Muslims believe in Jesus, just not as the son of the son of God, but he is a prophet that actually comes back at the end of times and leads the Muslims and Christians to battle and like to, to, to fight against the non-believers. So like there's so many different, like he's mentioned in the Quran 25 times. I'll give you an example. So the number 33, right? We talked about numerology, 33. When you, when you, uh, so the, the, uh, the age that Jesus died and crucified 33, but when you Buddha. rise as a Muslim, yeah, the, when you rise as a Muslim in heaven, you're 33. Everyone's oh. a 33 uh, year old version of themselves. Then oh, you wow. relate it to the body. There's 33 vertebrates in your back. Right. So like all these things are when related. Buddha, that's how Buddha was when he, um, when he reached enlightenment, when he right. Reached enlightenment. It's your Buddha yeah. year. It's your Jesus. Year. I, that's yeah. what every, and I feel like this is the year where every ounce of yeah. what I thought I knew is gone. It's like, I guess I'm starting from scratch here. Cause I, it feels like a Jesus year for sure. It's yeah. crazy. Yep. Stuff getting resurrected and <laughs> all of it. Reborn it and all like things. a whole new version of and, myself. And, and that's why I got this. I got the, the black mamba with the chakras. So each layer you shed off every like it could be year, two years, one month, two months. Like the whole point is to get to the next layer every single time. So if you know people live 
75 years, the same year over and over, working, 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 doing the same shit, dying. They're not really living, right? They're just doing the same thing over and over. So you have to shed. So if you're shedding and learning new things, that's how life's supposed to be. So welcome that. You know, don't ever be, oh, shit changes being, you know, welcome that. And when you welcome it, you're in a state of acceptance and presence. So you can learn the lesson that it's trying to teach you and then move on to the next, uh, you know, level of your life. But to, to finish the comp. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say finish the uh, author's questions like yeah. Ryan Holiday. So I, I like like stoic stoicism and like kind of mm-hmm. philosophy, very like Buddhist Zen philosophy. So stoicism kind of resonates. All Yeah, obstacles away. Ego is the enemy. Courage is the calling and stillness is the key. All four of his books are fire. Um, I'm on the fourth one right now. The first three were wicked, right? I'm actually going to plan a whole leg sleeve based on his message. Wow. Um, yeah, so uh, Ryan Holiday is a very important one. Uh, there's one book that you got, you ladies both will love. Okay, Happy Sexy Millionaire by Stephen Bartlett. Okay. Happy Sexy Millionaire. Those it's are all pretty of much, my favorite adjectives. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Happy Sexy Millionaire, exactly. Yeah, so he, he's he's a... He sold a company, I think to, he sold his social media company for a quarter billion dollars, 250 million, young black guy from uh, Europe. And he was in the age of information, in, in age of social media. But once he achieved that lifestyle, he's like, this ain't it. This is not what I was like. I thought it was going to be different. So he talks about how to balance the, the flashy, you know, fast paced life with like chill, like, you know, being present and being loving. And being, so it's, it's a really badass, like the way he says it. He has like charts and, and graphs and illustrations on every page. Fucking awesome. Um, it sounds like a, he bridges the gap between the external and the internal, which is, I think a lot, a lot of us are trying to do what you're trying to do um, in your work. And I know we are. And I, uh, one thing I thought about earlier when we were talking about teachers and mentors um, is the way I, I define to teach what that really means to me. I, my parents were both professors. I grew up in like, education was a big thing learning is a big thing but my favorite definition of teaching is to teach is to demonstrate Mm. and that's what I love about you Ali and like you Jess and like the teachers in in my life are people who walk the talk they demonstrate it like they are the ones that have given me the reference point for what could be because they live it they don't just talk about it. And I think that's one of the things with our education system. We learn a lot of information, but we never embody the information, right? We never integrate it into our lives. Like we, we can talk about it. We can recite in like facts about it. We can like sound like we know a lot, but if we haven't had the experiential learning, we haven't embodied and integrated it, then it's hollow. And there are people that are teaching and that are in the coaching, all different industries that sound good, but their message is hollow to some degree because it hasn't been fully integrated. And we're all on that in like a process of integration and embodiment. Like there's no one that has it all figured out, but I think that's one thing for me when I'm looking at teachers and mentors is like, do they actually live the thing that they teach? Because I'm never going to ask, you know, a client to do something, a friend to do something I'm unwilling to do. 100%. The other thing I wanted to mention too, about your tattoo, about the um, shedding your layers and the, the crossover between science and spirituality and religion. There's a great book by Carolyn Miss called um, The Anatomy of Spirit. 
which I do recommend because she cross-references the seven chakras, the seven sacraments of uh, Christianity or of Judaism and the, um, uh, the, yeah, the seven, I can't remember what, I, uh, but she takes all the religions and lines up them and you can see the correlation. It's insane. Oh, that's so that's, that called? it's called the, the anatomy of the spirit. She, anatomy of spirit. she also wrote uh, sacred contracts, which are both phenomenal. Um, but I heard something this morning, which reminded me of what you were saying about shedding, which is a caterpillar. The process of transformation is a caterpillar goes like spins. It's like Cocoa it's cocoon, goes into the darkness and then comes out a butterfly. And it doesn't know when it's going in and it doesn't know when it's going to come out as a new, like it doesn't know that form that it's going to take yet. And that is the process in the evolutionary like growth transformation journey of shedding those layers. And it happens over and over and over in your life, not just once, if you're committed to growing continuously. So it's like these seasons that you go into, like you go into the cocoon and the darkness and there is so much like that's happening under the surface it's like when the seed but right before it blooms like it's there's so much growth happening in that that season and that's something I've had to remind myself in those dark seasons that feel more barren where I'm not like reaping this huge harvest where I was used to like when I first started my business and like there were just these massive milestones I was hitting left and right and then you hit a moment and now you're in the darkness and now things feel a little bit barren and it's like, that's what's happening before you crack open and you become this butterfly. And that to me, when you were talking about just that shedding um, was the visual that came to mind for me. Uh, absolutely. I love how you said that. And these, some of these books have shaped, like showed me how to kind of encompass and learn. Like, again, the books that I've been mentioning are pretty spiritual related. Like we can go on, right? Like you have Don Miguel, y'all heard of Four Agreements and oh, stuff, yeah, right? You've heard of obviously Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins, just like mind, mind power. And then as I go through my like shelf, I'll go my shelves and this is my Audible. I have like 400 books in Audible that I've uh, already completed. So it's like, I can go on about all these stuff, right? Like you have Will, the book Will Smith, Will Fire, Kevin Hart's book, uh, I Can't Make This Up, Fire. These are all like people that, you know, you kind of look up to in one way or the other. But then you go into like business books. So the reason I talk about spiritual books first is because when you figure out the alignment, the money part comes easy. Once I was aligned, once I stopped personally, once I stopped drinking, once I stopped hanging out with the wrong people, once I stopped ha having, you know, shitty people in my circle, uh, you know, the, the temporary people, money came. I was closing, you know, I was like, well, I was like 10, I'm going to, I'm going to make 10 K today. And then like they end the day with 10,500 bucks, you know, like shit like that happened. So the spiritual is the first element. And then, you know, the network is the second element. Have the other people just like you guys, like building a circle that everyone's on the same wavelength, on the same frequency doing that. But um, sorry to just go on a tangent. You want to uh, keep going on the questions because I'm just going to like spitball or everything that I can think of in one, in one no, hour podcast. I mean, you were about to give us some some business tips or books. and I But I wanted to say, so you guys, I just met Ali like in the last couple of weeks. And we got a bunch of amazing humans on one call just to connect. And we have a group chat. And the first follow-up group chat was from Ali that was like, put what you're reading in the chat. Everybody put your book in the chat. And this man is so good at creating community. And we're going to, if not on this episode, we will ha have a 
separate episode just to talk about culture and community. But we're not just talking about books because it sounds good or whatever. Like this man, like really don't believe in what he's saying because it was the first thing you were like, what are y'all reading this week? Yeah. And it's what you put in your mind, what you are feeding your mind every day is like in, what what is it? Internal. Internal cause, external effect. Exactly. So what you're feeding your mind is one of the big, smallest things that you can change today that can make the biggest impact is just what are you listening to? Who are you listening to? It gives you the frame of reference to walk out into the world in. Like you, you really, your perception of reality is dictated by your emotional state. If you are waking up every single morning and you're focusing on what you're grateful for and you're reading, you know, good books or pouring in clean water, that, those good audios while you're getting ready and you're, you're really planting those seeds of awareness, you're walking out your front door in a different reality than if you were to wake up and then let your mind go crazy. And don't worry, you, we literally have a negative subconscious that will start building that, that Pinterest algorithm, that 17 seconds. If you let it go, it'll start going into all of the things that you're worried about for the day or all the things that happened yesterday that you were not that excited about, or you walk right back into this frame. And if you set the tone and you set that frame and you pour in that clean water, because you're going to turn on the news, the radio, the this or that, you're going to walk out into the world and majority of it's not structured to pour in clean water. You guys like majority is structured to pour in a lot of dirty water. And, and if you don't set the intention to go really set the tone for your day and prime your mind, I mean, you're, you're basically just making your life a little bit harder. You're not living from that possibility space. You're living a little bit more from the reaction space of something good happens. I'm happy. Something bad happens. I'm not so happy. When, if you walked out of your door in the morning and you already set the tone of, I'm going to get in the green zone, then go do life. I'm going to pour in some clean water this morning. I'm going to listen to my audios. I'm going to, you know, do my personal development. I'm going to go visualize some of the things that I'm excited about creating. Then you actually have intent. And when you give your brain intent, when it walks out of the door, so same thing, we've talked about this before, you go Jeep shopping and you see Jeeps all over the road. Jeeps were always there. You just didn't see them because there was not intent around that. If your brain is deciphering through massive amounts of information all day long, that if whatever you give it intent around, that's what it's going to decipher and scan for. So you see the opportunity, the opportunity is already there. You just weren't present enough to see them or you had no intent around them to actually be able to um, have that kind of be highlighted in your experience so that like it's everything you guys like and, and it's not it's not something that like I wake up every morning and I'm like I'm so excited about doing this or doing that it's something that takes a little bit of practice at first like my brain's not like I want to get up no I still am addicted to going on Instagram or or checking my text messages or whatever the case like I have to tell myself don't do that Jess only only go to Pinterest for visualization or pick up the book or or press audio and then a lot of times I'll even close my my eyes and I know this is we're going to go spiritual for a second because we've been going spiritual so somebody planted this seed in my head once and she was like and this, this woman was a like best-selling author, has um, a publishing company and just a really, really brilliant human. And she said, Jess, you know what I do when I first wake up? And I was like, what? She said, I lay in my bed and I smile really big. And then I call on all of my, like my deceased mentors. And she's like, I literally close my eyes and I picture this table and Bob Proctor's at that table. And you know, this person's at that table and all of her, all the greats for her 
are at the table and she literally calls on them and starts asking them questions of different things she's got, you know, going on for the day and going on in her life. Like, Hey, what, what, what should I do in this scenario? Or how should I manage this? Or, or what, what should I do to like, you know, get this? I, and she's like, I sit there and I have a conversation with myself and my mentors. And she's like, you know, people, I think I'm absolutely crazy. She's like, but we have access to so much right when we first wake up in the morning, because we don't have that. Our brain's not operating at these crazy high speeds yet. We aren't in the 3D human experience, we're still tapped in to stillness. And we have the opportunity to ask those questions and get powerful answers. You know, God source, you know, call on your people at the round table, do whatever it is for you. But I, I thought it was really powerful. And so I've actually been trying to take those opportunities first thing when I close my eyes in the morning or when I first coming out of sleep to not pull myself into this, you know, black hole and, and go into this space of, you know, creation with, uh, with intent so mm. that I can actually walk out into my world and create the things that I desire. So love it. That's awesome. I'm even thinking of a tattoo idea with all the goats sitting at a table. <laughs> I go. wish I, I wish I had more go. skin. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, love I love it. No, okay. you're, not, you're running out of body parts. Like, I what, know. what are you going to do? You're yeah. tatting, you're like, I need to have a son and then start tatting all over yourself. Like, what are you going to do? Uh, my chest is next, and then I think I'm gonna do half a leg, and then I'm gonna do the other leg in Bali, and then I have a back. So let's see. Okay, you got time. Okay, give yeah. us your top business books, and we'll oh. wrap up this conversation for today. I, I definitely want to have a part two. Well, I was like, yeah, because the community building part it actually ties in with this, and not to get, we'll just give them a snippet of what's in for next time. Yeah. The way that we build communities is just by finding that the people that you resonate with, because the community builds itself. I'll give you an example, right? I had a book club, the Create Your Frequency book club. And we started off with Create Your Frequency. And then all the books we did once a week, we just met on Zoom and we just did a book club. And it was like a fun thing. Didn't no one paid anything, nothing. Just hop on. We had 60 people at one time just discussing books. Um, same thing with like principles, right? My company, Principles Creative Studio. 16 of my friends, clients, and employees have gotten principles tattooed on them because they represent principles. Same thing with goats. I think that goats has like 12 people that have goats tats, right? And um, so it's just when you develop a community, when you build it, like create some core pillars, core values, everyone has to abide by those core values. And then it kind of spreads itself because people start embodying. And that's why really important to say be, do, have. Sometimes it's hard to like you're, let's just say you're in a you know nine to five job and you want to be an entrepreneur or you want to make more money or you're in situations that you don't want to be, but you're envisioning the next step. It's hard to embody what you're envisioning because you're thinking of, you don't have it. You're thinking of the lack. You're thinking of, oh, I can't wait to get a new car. I can't wait to have more money so I can do this. I can't have, wait to have these things or feel happy or feel peaceful. When I get this, I'll be happy, right? Destination addi addiction. So it's very, like, I've, I've struggled with that. Like, how do I embody that when I don't have it? Right. Well, I'm thinking about it. And the more you think about it, it's like a, it's like a little, like, it's a, it, it's a double-edged sword. The more you think about not having it, you're focusing on not having it. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be able to incorporate it. Like I act like I got a lot of money, but I also at certain points I had, I didn't have a lot of money, but I'm over here like happy drunk buying everyone drinks because I have a lot of money. Right. But like, you got to, you got to be able to balance those two things. So we'll talk about the next one, how that leads into community building, but to answer your question, Tori, uh, best business books, rock top, um, hundred million dollar offers by Alex Ramosi, Fire, um, the anything by Robert Greene, 
So Art of Seduction, 48 Laws of Power, that really helps for business specifically. Compound Effect, mm-hmm. um, Compound Effect, da- da- uh, Darren Hardy. That's a good one. Let me look through my uh, Audible. You're just going to have quick. to get your, yeah, your library, your library. For, for people. Yeah. Um, I love what you just said, though, about, yeah, about embodiment. Because it was like, like you just said, it's hard to embody something that you don't have but the thing is it's a the, the way I shift that and I, I encourage my clients to shift that is where are you experiencing that now right so if, if the thing you want is more love and connection in your life okay well, there is love and connection in your life look for it where is it where mm-hmm. even if it's just the dog that you love so much I can be grateful for this love and this connection that I have, maybe that I don't have this partner that I want, but I, I can be grateful and embody and connect to that thing that I do experience every day. Because I think we get out of the habit due to that like negative subconscious for like looking for all the things that are wrong and looking for all the things that we don't have instead of intention. This takes intention and we have to like remind each other of it a lot, which is like focus on the good. Focus on the thing you do have. Focus on what's going well. Focus on feeling good. You mentioned this earlier, Ali, like making the priority feeling good and then think good things coming from that. So for me, it's like, yeah, there might be a gap between where I am today and where I want to be, but I guarantee, and the thing is we want to be there because of a feeling we think it's going to give us. The only reason we want anything is not necessarily because we want the car. Sure, the car is amazing. Sure, we want the house. Sure, But why do I want that? I want it because it's going to give me a feeling. Mm-hmm. How can I tap into that feeling in this moment? Yeah. That's exactly. how you start the creation process. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what it is. People, uh, they visualize, but they forget to feel or smell or hear, you know? So you got to tap into all the senses. Uh, but um Jessica, I sent you four or five more business books. If you want to include like an excerpt later, those are some really good ones. Uh, .com, uh, anything by Russell Brunson, .com secrets, expert secrets, uh, copywriting secrets. And then um, you have uh, Power of Broke by uh, Damon John was fire. And Scaling Up. Scaling Up was like how to do your, how to set up your business. And then last one, Profit First. I just read that and put that into my business model. Profit First, where you pay yourself first and then distribute amongst your team and your operations and marketing and like it's a cool little twist on accounting so those are some awesome business books i always try to find a book for everything like how to handle difficult family members there's a book for Mm -hmm. it how to freaking uh you know how to balance xyz how to have different you know types of relationships how to like you know there's a book for everything so just google it listen to it change your music i uh i don't listen to music i do audio books i only listen to music on fridays i don't know why i picked friday but one day a week i listen to music all day but uh, every other day is just audiobooks because I want to just fill my brain up with the right shit because I'm going to need it one day. <laughs> exactly. Well, what we'll do for you guys and everybody listening is uh, we've got an Amazon storefront we've been building out and we'll add the book recommendations that Ali's been mentioning um, and put it in the show notes for you. So if you're listening to this, you'd be able to go down to the show notes and click on the Amazon storefront link and then you can just purchase the books um, through there. So we'll make it super easy for you guys. So Absolutely. I have a, a- last and final question, um, unless you have more. And that is, what does your, because like, I don't know if I've ever heard of a human being devouring the amount of information that you devour. Um, 
I actually ask myself, I'm like, how can I squeeze in more? But I do love music. Music's a state changer for me. It gets me into like, I can, I can literally listen to a song and then boom, be feeling good immediately, like right after. So I use that. For me, I'm like, how in the world that like, what does, what does your morning routine look like? Like what, what do you do when you first get up? What, when do you incorporate the personal development throughout the day? When are you listening to it in the evening or what's your like right before? Cause we all know that when we go to sleep, the last five minutes before you go to sleep, that's the literally whatever you go to sleep feeling and thinking that's what you're going to marinate in for the rest of the next, however many hours that you're resting. And that is the ultimate time for creation, manifestation, embodiment, you know, asking powerful questions to get powerful answers when you first wake up. Like that is the last five minutes is really, really ideal. It's not the time to go watch the news or to mm -hmm. be scrolling or to do all of those things. So I'm curious what your um, regimen looks like when it comes to morning, evening, when do you squeeze all of this growth in my friend? <laughs> Yeah, look, we all have the same 24 hours, right? 168 hours a week. It's all about why does it feel like a lot of people leverage it better? It's just that they learn how to use time in their favor. Um, and so I, I do a lot of habit stacking. I'll give you an example. When I'm, uh, uh, when I'm walking from my, my place to my car, I'll usually find something on YouTube that I can listen to in the car. Five minutes, ten, it's a 10 minute ride to the gym. So it'll usually be I am affirmations or some kind of motivation. I literally type in, I'm literally, I've watched like hundreds of videos. I'm all, I like all of them. Um, I'll send you some actually. Um, so that's I am affirmations to get, get the uh, you know blood pumping. I don't really need, a lot of people like, I need music for the gym. I don't, right? I really don't. Um, I like reading books. I like listening to shit. I, I listen at 1.5 to 1.7 speed. And I just like, bang a book out that's a month you know, i mean that's a, a the week nugget. that's the yeah. nugget ladies and gentlemen yeah. speed. And 1. 5 speed. 5, 1. speed. even <laughs> even youtube videos youtube videos 1.5 speed and knock out a book a week um but morning routine goes as follows so i do plan the day before mm -hmm. of my day so i have my calendar i have my meetings i have everything kind of booked out my clothes usually for the gym and when i come back it's usually laid out um so sarah and i like we kind of you know tag team this whole nighttime routine um, but what we do is the way it works, I jump out of bed and I drink water. Sarah makes like honey, honey and uh, lemon water. So we'll, like drink that and then take a dry scoop pre-workout, head to the gym. Literally like first thing in the morning, obviously brush your teeth, all that stuff within like 20 minutes, we're out of the house, 25 minutes, we're out of the house, go to the gym, work out. I, I try not to be on my phone. This is usually like around like 830 because anytime like past 10 o'clock, if I'm on my, if I'm at the gym, I'm on my phone because I, I've caught myself like working, calls are coming in, teams asking questions, clients are asking shit, I wanna do shit and then it doesn't work out. So no phone at the gym, I just put on do not disturb, my team clocks in at 10 o'clock. So now the team's set. So from between eight and 10, 10.30, gym, come back, shower change, uh, 10 minute meditation. This is still before I checked any work. So 10 minute meditation is usually about 10.30 right now and my first meeting's at 11. So 10 minute meditation and then morning routine. Uh, sorry, my uh, journaling. So I do my journaling gratitude, then the team comes in. I usually hop in 30 minutes with the team, get all the initial stuff out of the way, go get something to eat, and then work for about two to three hours. At about two to three, I take a 30 minute break to read while I eat. So another thing while, I, you know, while I'm eating, I'm reading. So why? Because doesn't really require much. You're just feeding yourself and you're reading a book. You can knock out 10, 15 pages as you eat. Really easy. Sarah makes fire food. So I'm just sitting, grubbing and just, you know, reading. 
And then I do another meditation break because I usually I'm getting tired at this point. So I do my wake up breath work. And then I, I do another three hour block. This is calls, creating, blah, 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 whatever I need to do, doing another block. Then the evening I go for a walk during the walk. Remember during the gym, I'm audiobook, And during my walk, I do audiobook. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, think about it. I have literally an hour to an hour and a half of audiobooks a day because I've done it twice. I've done it during the gym. Obviously I have a trainer and shit like that. So we'll be talking in between or whatever. Right. And then the way I do audiobooks, I listen to it two to three times. So I li- listen to the book. I switch to another book and I go back to the one because I know I, I'm reading something for a reason. There's a purpose I'm reading. I'm not just reading shit for no reason. Everything is like usually related. So if you look at my audible, everything's batched together. I uh, like, you know, how to let go all the books on how to let go <laughs> detachment, you know, five laws of attachment, how to go with the flow, like all these different books. Then those, how do I, those, those, those for the people in the back, those, those books are yeah. so good. Detachment. Yeah. Like, oh, oh yes. Yeah. Laws of detachment kind of goes in with letting go David Hawkins concept of just being and letting like not not reacting to shit like being okay with whatever like last year I got my Instagram hacked I was so fucking pissed off for a week now I'm just like I right, whatever like I'm ready to start another one you know what I'm saying whatever so like literally um, but I get an hour and a half of reading and the 20 to 30 minutes of reading before bed no phone. Because you can get in, caught in like scrolling and you get caught in that little loop and you won't be able to get out but what reading does it. It marinates your brain. I like that word. And it gets you sleepy. So you can sleep better. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're staring at something, you're just going to get tired. And then you read. And next thing you know, like, you know, oh, oh, two weeks go by, you're done with the book. Like I, I read Ego is the Enemy and Obstacle is the Way in exactly 30 days. Two breathwork moments uh, a day. Uh, two times I do audiobooks. One time I read. Uh, a lot of time spent on YouTube. So in between my shit, I'm playing YouTube. I'm watching shit. Like, remember, my brain's retaining information really fast. So I'm like, all right, how do I do this? How do I use this software to create a landing page? How can I do this plugin into this, you know, website? Well, whatever. How do I speak better? How do I, whatever, YouTube, YouTube University. So spend an hour learning, spend an hour reading, spend two hours working out, you know, six to eight hours sleeping, one hour or two eating, and then the rest 10 hours is work. You are making me step my game up. I know you guys, let this be a reference point for how productive, efficient, intentional you can be, right? You might not have other people in your life that are have that much structure. You might be just like willy-nilly waking up like, I don't know, maybe I'm gonna get a workout in a day. Maybe I'm gonna work a little bit. Maybe I'm gonna dabble in this. Like this is an example of this. There's no dabbling, Mm-mm. right? There's no, no, no negotiating that's happening. You, we Obviously we're all human. And we adapt, we travel, we have things that happen, but like he just laid out a structure that he is, I'm sure adapted to make work for you. Yeah. And yeah. Your it's lifestyle. my own version of it. Right. It's and my own your, version of it. your work. I mean, not everybody's an entrepreneur. Not everybody has their own business. Not everybody's leading teams. So you have to find something that works for you. But I think bottom line is we all have the same 24 hours in a day and people who are highly successful have mastered the art of making intentional choices. That is the through line. So hear me when I say like the invitation for all of us is what am I saying yes to? And what am I saying no to? What's getting my energy? What's getting my time? Because like our futures are going to be based on the choices we make today. Yeah. And and, and one thing I want to add to that is the way I, I, I laid it out is the way I tell myself, a lot of people are like, oh, you're so strict. You don't drink. You do this on time. Like your schedule is so <laughs> perfect. Like, I, like, all right, I get it. But the way I think about it is discipline equals freedom. 
if you have discipline, it sounds counterintuitive, but if you have discipline, it does lead to freedom. I'll give you an example. When you're disciplined, you're not wasting money every week on, you know, going out. You go out once a month, everyone go out, everyone go have a good time, go buy a section. Cool. It's, it's a reward system, structured. Same thing with eating, uh, eating out. Don't go out, eat Monday through Friday. Meal prep. Saturday, go out and eat. Like it's, it's structure. It leads to the freedom. You get all your work done. Guess what? You're done by eight o'clock. Go watch fucking Game of Thrones or something. You know what I'm saying? You can do that because you've already done what you needed to do. When you procrastinate, when you don't have discipline, when you don't have a structure, then you're doubling back, figuring out what you missed. And then you're like, oh shit, because life happens. Shit pops up. Yeah. How, how can I mitigate that frustration? By being super disciplined. When I'm super disciplined, I got the freedom. Now, when I want to get up and go to California or Vegas or Miami, I can do that. All my shit's done. You know what I'm saying? It's like the saying, making easy choices leads to hard life, making easy choices, hard life, hard life, right? Exactly. Making hard choices leads to an easy life. So do the hard thing. And maybe that means sticking to the routine or creating rituals that you, you know, feel excited about and, and then be consistent with it. Cause you are going to see progress. It's just over time that this happens. And Ellie, I think you're an amazing example of what that looks like and the, the abundance and like that we can experience the wealth in all areas, uh, not just in one, you are, you know, you're an example of that and a reference point for so many of us. So I just want to say thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom and dude, you're, you're welcome back. Like next week. <laughs> I mean, like, like Let's literally as, as soon as possible, we want, we want to continue this conversation. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate you guys. You guys, I was saying, thank you guys for having me. Y'all's energy is awesome. I love what you guys are doing. Um, like I said, Jessica and I connected on like several different uh, fronts, but uh, now we talked about you know even doing something together. Mm-hmm. And Tori, same thing. You know, uh, kind of law of averages. Everyone's like, we all work together to kind of scale up our life, mind, body, and business. So let's let's collaborate. One of the best things we can do is find a way to make money together. Find a way to like get to that next level of life and make impact. And let's do it together. So awesome podcast. Thoughts into things. Go do shit, guys. Like, yeah. don't wait. Make it happen. <laughs> go do shit. I love it. I go love do it. shit. Let's because yeah, if you mess up. You do shit, you mess up, it's okay. Yeah. At least you at least you did you have a reference point now. Do it and then optimize and do it again. And the next thing you know, you can have a thousand failures. You only need to be successful one time. You heard it here, folks. You you don't need to be confused about what to do. Just go do it. Go be it. Go do it. Go create it. We love you. Thanks for being a part of the Coachable community here on the Coachable Pod podcast. We'll see you next week. Love you. Take care, y'all.